Michael, these last few weeks, we've been taking a, a little bit of a different approach here at Rocketship.fm, focusing on some current events, if you will. And I know you also picked some winners and losers of the week in, in one episode we did. So we've been experimenting a little, right? Yeah, well, look, we're product people, right? Trying to find product market fit and product people experiment. So yeah, we're trying some different things here at Rocketship. Well, today I figured I'd follow your lead and, and we'll talk about something current, something that's grabbed headlines in just these last few weeks, but there's no winners and losers, pretty much only losers here. Okay. All right. So what do we have on tap for today? What's what's the topic? Well, today we're going to talk ticketing. Oh boy. Of course, ticketing. All right. So we're just these past couple of weeks, we've heard about some major stories like the Taylor Swift fiasco, right? And the other major issues at the biggest sporting event in the world. Yeah, that's right. We're going to dig into both of these stories and share how the chaos ensued and also dig in a little bit on why these events unfolded the way that they did and what, if anything, could actually be done about it in the future. Because we actually have somebody on the show with us today who has some experience working in major event ticketing. Oh, yeah. Who's that? Well, it's me. <laughs> My first true product role. I worked for a Ticketmaster competitor. We, we ran major on sales for sports and entertainment events. So I have some thoughts of my own, but lots to get into before we get there. All right. Well, let's do it. Ticketing terror this week on Rocketship.fm. Let's roll that intro. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts. Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. Before we get into it all, let's have a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is supported by Trustonomy, an original podcast from One Trust. Every good relationship you have, personal or business, it involves trust. But we all know that trust doesn't just happen, right? We've all lost trust in a friend or a brand or a product. Trustonomy is a new podcast that looks at true stories from the past to understand how trust works and what makes it stronger and how to rebuild it when it's broken. Now, you know, I'm a sucker for a good podcast that weaves historical stories and relates it to what's happening today. So I thoroughly enjoyed this Trustonomy episode and recommend that you check that out as well. Search for Trustonomy in your podcast player. We'll also include a link in the show notes. Many thanks to the One Trust team for their support. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com 
forward slash rocketshipfm24, you'll save a dollar on your next domain. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Okay, we're going to be digging into ticketing a bit today, yeah? Yes, the industry uh, that really just continues to disappoint audiences again and again. Yeah, ticketing hasn't been one of those industries that's really, I don't know, delighted the user, has it? Not at all. Uh, For perspective, Michael, uh, not that NPS or net promoter score is the end-all be-all, but NPS is used by many as a way to sort of gauge customer satisfaction, right? Yeah, and I don't know, many of you listeners are probably familiar with NPS, but if you're not, it's pretty simple. You simply ask the customers on a scale of zero to 10, how likely are you to recommend this product or service to somebody else? You take your percentage of promoters, people that respond uh, that they give your rating either a nine or a 10, and subtract the percentage of detractors. So those that responded that they'd give it a rating of zero through six and the calculation, well, that's your NPS score. Yes, that's right. Now you might be thinking, hey, what what about a rating of seven or eight? Well, in NPS, you just leave those out. Uh, So if let's just say we asked Rocketship listeners an NPS question, we might ask, hey, on a scale of zero to 10, how likely would you be to recommend rocketship.fm to somebody else? We asked 100 people and and 50 gave it a 9 or a 10, 40 gave it a 7 or an 8, and 10 gave it less than a 7. Well, that would be a calculation of 50 minus 10, so we'd have an NPS of 40. And 40 is good? Well, on the surface, uh, it's not too bad, right? I mean, it means that there are more promoters than there are detractors. In this example, 50% were promoters, so half, and only 10% were detractors, so sounds pretty good, but what's probably more relevant is to know whether it's actually good compared to other podcast scores, right, when it comes to NPS, and every industry has their own standard or benchmark. Got it. So what are some examples of NPS benchmarks for different industries? Well, the average NPS for an automotive company, for instance, would be 48. For software companies, it's a little lower, 41. Fast food, it's a little lower than that. The average NPS is is about 30. And for ticketing companies? Zero. The average (laughs) NPS is zero, meaning that there are just as many people who really hate the service as are who love it. So yeah, there you have it. Oh, that really says something. Yeah, but my guess is if anybody has ever had to buy tickets to something, especially a major event, right on the day that those tickets go on sale, you may even be surprised by how high that NPS of zero (laughs) would be, right? You might even expect a negative NPS. Huh. Okay, well, we'll get into why this may be with one major example. But first, 
Let's go back a few weeks to the announcement made on Good Morning America. This morning, Taylor is giving us, our GMA viewers, a huge exclusive with a very, very special surprise announcement. And here it is, everyone. Good morning, America. It's Taylor. I wanted to tell you something that I've been so excited about for a really long time. I've been planning for ages, and I finally get to tell you I'm going back on tour. I just am very excited to see you. So hopefully I'll see you soon. Yeah, you will. I'm so in, and you heard it here first. Taylor's tour, everyone, kicking off in March in Arizona. She'll hit 20 cities across the U.S. before wrapping up the domestic portion of her tour in August in L.A. Tickets go on sale November 18th. Oh, and by the way, in case you hadn't heard it. Yes, thank you, Taylor Swift. You're a big Taylor Swift fan, eh, Mike? <laughs> I mean... Not necessarily, but but hey, I have a ton of respect for her. I mean, I think at one point, just a couple weeks back, all top 10 songs on the Billboard 100 were Taylor Swift songs, which is pretty nuts. 10 out of 10. Wow. Um, I didn't know that, actually. <laughs> that's, that's fascinating. So, all right. Taylor Swift is obviously ultra, ultra popular. And we heard that in, and as we heard in that GMA segment on November 18th, tickets for her new tour, they went on sale. Yeah, and it made all sorts of international news that day, but not for a good reason. On November 18th, a pre-sale started for Taylor Swift's tour. It wasn't even the official on-sale date, but the pre-sale date for many of the dates on Swift's tour. However, when many people tried to log in with their pre-sale code, they were ready to score some tickets. Well, they couldn't get anything. Mm, of course they couldn't. Here's Kennedy on Fox Business breaking down what actually happened. You managed to score Taylor Swift tickets this week. Consider yourself among the lucky ones. The online ticketing giant Ticketmaster now under fire after hordes of Swift fans waited hours online only to find sky-high prices and the website crashing. And this was only the pre-sale, folks. But Ticketmaster said, don't blame me. In a tweet today, Ticketmaster wrote this, quote, due to extraordinarily high demands on ticketing systems and insufficient remaining ticket inventory to meet that demand, tomorrow's public on sale for Taylor Swift's The Eras Tour has been canceled. That's right. They actually canceled the public on sale date due to, quote, unprecedented demand during the pre-sale. But let's be real, unprecedented demand. I mean, did Ticketmaster not know there would be incredible demand for the Taylor Swift tour? <laughs> right, of course they knew. I mean, it's freaking Taylor Swift. Now, they also put some of the blame on bots that were automatically scooping up tickets in mass as well. It's always the bots, isn't it? Yeah, always the bots. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of bots, the Twitterverse was going <laughs> nuts as the pre-sale chaos was happening. I bet it was. What were some of the classic tweets that you saw? Okay, well, here are some that stand out. Author Rakesh Satyal uh, and his tweet, Ticketmaster is like, we've hidden five Taylor Swift tickets in chocolate bars located across <laughs> the world. Good luck. A uh, little Willy Wonka vibes there. That's pretty good one. Yeah. Taylor Swift super fan Alex Goldschmidt tweeted out the documentary on the takedown of Ticketmaster by rabid Taylor Swift fans is going to be so good. <laughs> and I could just see it. You know, that's definitely a Netflix series that's going to happen, right? Probably. probably. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, otherwise known as AOC, 
She tweeted out, daily reminder that Ticketmaster is a monopoly. Its merger with Live Nation should never have been approved and they need to be reined in. Okay. All right. That's some good ones. And that last one, eh, she might be up to something there. Yeah, we're going to dig into this a little bit later. But first, we're hearing what the public is saying about all this. But what about Taylor Swift and her team? Well, let's cut to a segment from the Today Show a few days after the debacle. Apology comes hours after the 11-time Grammy winner vented her own frustration on Instagram, not specifically naming Ticketmaster, but saying, we asked them multiple times if they could handle this kind of demand, and we were assured they could. The New York Times on Friday reported the Justice Department opened an antitrust investigation into Ticketmaster's parent company, Live Nation Entertainment, apparently before this week's meltdown. Live Nation telling NBC in a statement overnight that it, quote, does not engage in behaviors that could justify antitrust litigation. Swift says she's trying to figure out how the situation can be improved moving forward, a response leaving some fans unsatisfied. Basically what I'm getting from this is she's saying you're on your own, kid. You're on your own, Swifties. (laughs) Now, Ticketmaster's parent company, Live Nation, they have their largest shareholder, which is Liberty Media. And the CEO of Liberty Media did have some things to say right after this happened. Now, this actually aired on CNBC's Squawk Box. Here's Liberty Media's CEO, Greg Maffei. First, and all the Live Nation team is sympathetic that the long wait times and fans who couldn't get what they wanted. Uh, Reality is... It's a function of the massive demand that Taylor Swift has. The site was supposed to be opened up for 1.5 million verified Taylor Swift fans. Uh, We had 14 million people hit the site, including bots, another story, which are not supposed to be there. And despite all the challenges and the breakdowns, we did sell over 2 million tickets that day. We could have filled 900 stadiums. And the reality is, is this is not actually a Live Nation promoted concert. Taylor Swift is promoted by one of our largest competitors. So though AOC may not like every element of our business, interestingly, AEG, our competitor, who is the promoter for Taylor Swift, chose to use us because we are, in reality, the largest and most effective ticket seller in the world. Even our competitors want to come on our platform. All right, but you're getting overwhelmed still. It's not the first time. Is there a way to get around this? Is there a way to avoid this where everybody's, you know, I got a 17-year-old daughter. She's pissed. Well, I'm, I apologize to your daughter, and I apologize to all our fans. We are working hard on this. And again, you know, building capacity for peak demand is something we attempt to do, but this exceeded every expectation. And the reality is Taylor Swift hasn't been on the road for three or four years, and that's caused a huge issue. Again, more kind of blame shifting, more bots. It's, it's not the kind of accountability I think people actually wanted to hear in that moment. No, not at all. I mean... Even the host of Squawk Box's 17-year-old daughter is pretty pissed here, right? Yeah, everyone is. So what happens now? Well, for now, that public on sale, that was canceled. Uh, If you didn't have that pre-sale code, you're, you're kind of out of luck. Now, Swift did say that she and her team are looking into ways to make more tickets available down the road somehow. I'm not quite sure how, but you also heard a couple of hints that there's now an antitrust investigation starting. We're going to dig in more on that, along with a little bit of insider info on how this whole ticketing process works from somebody that's worked in ticketing before, me. But that's at the end of the episode. So next up, we're actually going to dig into another ticketing debacle that happened recently, this time at the biggest sporting event in the world. But first, a break to hear from our sponsors. Thank you. 
So today we're digging into some recent chaos that's ensued throughout the world of ticketing. We already went through how Ticketmaster really botched the on sale of Taylor Swift's new tour, leaving many, many Swifties upset. But the whole ordeal has even caught the attention of lawmakers, which we're about to get into. But there is another major event that is actually still happening right now. And that is... Well, I'll give our listeners a hint. Uh, it's the largest sporting event in the world, and it happens every four years. And it's not the Olympics. No, those aren't going on right now. It, it's probably <laughs> obvious to many people, but it's the FIFA World Cup, a, a major soccer tournament that's taking place right now in Qatar, actually. And again, it's the most watched sporting event in the world. So right after the madness with the Taylor Swift ticketing issues, there were issues at the World Cup as well? Yeah, pretty much all in the same week. Not, not a great week in the world of ticketing. Let's go to the segment from Al Jazeera English. Well, FIFA have confirmed that an issue with their ticketing app has led to problems for fans trying to enter World Cup stadiums. And many spectators have been unable to access mobile tickets through their digital devices. There were long queues and empty seats at the start of today's first two World Cup games. FIFA released a statement saying they were working on solving the issue. So more ticketing issues, and they happened right off the bat with the first two matches at the World Cup. Let's go back to that Al Jazeera English segment to correspondent Paul Reese, who was actually outside of the USA-Wales game, and he was asked if he's seen more continued issues. Yes, Tom, it does appear to be the case. I've been uh, in WhatsApp contact with some USA fans who are who are still stuck outside and being moved apparently to different sections uh, to get into the Ahmed bin Ali Stadium. I also chatted to a couple of Welsh fans who said they were they were delayed getting in. Uh, they said their their app wasn't refreshing, um, which meant they couldn't get the QR code uh, to get scanned to get in. Uh, but what I also heard from them and uh, we've been hearing from others as well is that the nearer they got to the stadium, it was eventually refreshing and they could get in. And then once their internet connection came up near the stadium, they were also being emailed uh, a QR code by FIFA as well. So it does appear that FIFA are making workarounds, but it's not ideal in these first couple of days of the World Cup. So different types of issues than the Taylor Swift fiasco, but basically many ticketing platforms, you know, they have revolving QR codes that you need to have scanned to enter into the venue. Basically, it's a QR code that changes every few seconds, and you can only get in if you're using the most current QR code. So you can't just take a screenshot of the code to get in. You basically have to make sure that you're connected to the internet really, really well. Huh, okay, so now does Ticketmaster run the ticketing for the FIFA World Cup too? No, it doesn't. It actually appears that FIFA runs its own ticketing in-house. Now, they may be using some white-label platforms. That part isn't really apparent to me. But platforms like that do exist. But no, it's not affiliated with Ticketmaster. But even still, the platform that they are using is causing a lot of disappointment. Yeah, it sounds like it. Any tweets from AOC on this one? No tweets from AOC, but let's take a look at the most recent App Store reviews, which, by the way, the FIFA ticketing app has a 1.9 out of 5 rating in the iOS App Store. Not exactly a ringing vote of confidence. No, no, not at all. Okay, but here are some of the more recent reviews. Here's a one-star review. It says, I purchased six tickets, and several weeks ago, I sent three tickets to my family and friends. I've just logged into the app, and now it says, there's no ticket associated with your email address. 
fix this ASAP. Here's another one-star review. It says, emails with my ticket confirmations are directing me to the app saying they'll show up there, but only one ticket shows up. I have no idea how I'm supposed to attend the game this week when my ticket isn't showing up in the official ticketing app. Yeah, these aren't good at all. This sounds like a negative NPS score coming. Yeah, I would say so. And I, honestly, I could read bad review after bad review all day. <laughs> I mean, out of the 10 most recent reviews, nine of them are one-star reviews. And unfortunately, this doesn't seem to be anything new with FIFA's ticketing platform. Three years ago, they experienced major issues at the Women's World Cup. Here's a segment from Sports Illustrated with more on that. Why are some fans upset with FIFA's ticketing system at the Women's World Cup? The answer in today's World Cup Daily. A number of spectators who headed to the opening match of this year's tournament were reportedly caught off guard after recently getting an email telling them to print out their tickets. In May, fans have been told to download their tickets. And last week, as a result of the confusion, some fans waited up to two hours at the box office, while others encountered issues inside with ushers based on duplicate tickets. This ticketing problem follows another problem from late May, when fans looking to print out their tickets were again treated to an unwelcome surprise. Some fans who purchased tickets at the same time were reportedly being split up and seated separately. When news broke, the organization's Twitter account responded, telling fans that when they placed an order, a message indicated that not all seats would be located next to each other. But that did little to minimize fan outrage. FIFA then said they wouldn't modify any orders, except for scenarios involving children being split up from their parents. And they later tried to backpedal on the entire fiasco, claiming that less than 1% of fans requesting tickets for both the semis and the final were affected by the issue. So, nothing all that new for the FIFA ticketing app, it seems like. No, unfortunately, no. And now we're well into the World Cup. It remains to be seen if issues will continue to persist until the very end, but Imagine spending, for some people, probably thousands of dollars to travel all the way to Qatar. You finally get your hands on World Cup tickets so you could root on your home country. You get there, and you can't even get into the stadium because of these issues. Even if the issues are only experienced by a small percentage of the overall attendees, it's a big deal. So why do these issues constantly happen, whether it's with Ticketmaster or now at the World Cup? Well, Michael, you may remember, but my first true product role was in ticketing. Mm -hmm. I worked in the past for a Ticketmaster competitor. We had clients that were professional sports teams, college sports teams, even the Final Four. And I, look, I'm definitely not an expert on all things ticketing, but probably know enough to share some insights here. Okay, well, let's get into that then. We will, we will. But first, let's take one more break to hear from our sponsors. Okay, before the break, we got into the resetting ticketing woes that took place during the Taylor Swift tour pre-sale with Ticketmaster and at the FIFA World Cup. And you mentioned that you actually have some experience with ticketing, right, Mike? Yeah, I do. And and look, I don't want to make it sound like I'm a ticketing product expert. Um, I, I wouldn't classify myself like that. But yeah, I did work a stint for a ticketing platform and what was my first true product role. Uh, the company I worked for eventually merged with Axis, which is one of Ticketmaster's top competitors. Yeah, hey, Axis, that's a 
big company within the ticketing landscape, yeah? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's actually owned by AEG, which in turn owns and operates a variety of venues, sports teams, uh, entertainment businesses. And and yeah, Axis and AEG, they'd be considered a top competitor to Ticketmaster and Live Nation. Although my time in ticketing was before that merger with Axis and, and anything I'm sharing here, it's not like this is confidential insider info. It's just my perspective based off of the short stint I did have in ticketing. Okay, well, let's start with Taylor Swift. Did the events from earlier this week, were you surprised when you heard this? Well, yes and no. I mean, it's not surprising that there'd be issues with a major on-sale or pre-sale when you're talking about the magnitude that it was with millions of people hitting the systems all at once. I mean, it's a lot of people, right? And, and on-sales, or in this case, a pre-sale, these are ultra critical for ticketing companies. I mean, they know that their systems are basically going to be stress tested with, in this case, millions of customers. On sales are much different from, let's just say, selling a random middle of the season baseball game for, I don't know, like my home team, the Cleveland Guardians. I mean, mm. in that case, you know, you can log in at any given time. Maybe there's a few dozen, couple hundred people, you know, browsing <laughs> right. for that particular game, but it's not really such a big issue. Yeah, but when there's millions, right? Yeah, that that's a much different ball game. And to account for this, Ticketmaster, they actually set up a queue system where you log in and you basically have to wait your turn in a virtual line in order to have a chance at grabbing tickets. Now, it's not something where each person has to wait one at a time, but even when it's blocks of people that get let in to purchase, you might need to wait in some cases, honestly, hours before you even have a chance to grab your ticket. That's kind of crazy it's like 2022 right you would think that there would be a web-based system that would enable a faster approach than i don't know the old days of standing in a physical line at a box office yeah you you would think that and uh and look there are some reasons why a queue system does exist i mean for one ticketmaster would say that it helps prevent bots from scooping up tickets but then again they blame this whole thing on the bot so <laughs> right. I, i'm not quite sure that that's a legitimate concern but there is another reason why a queue system kind of makes sense. Okay, what's that? Well, let's play it out, right? So many people today, they don't just choose best available when choosing their tickets. They, they want to be able to see which seats are actually available to them and, and choose their specific seats. But think about that. Let's just say there's a stadium of 70,000 people, 70,000 seats. And let's just say there's 1 million people trying to buy tickets for that event. Every time you try to choose your specific tickets, chances are they've already been scooped up by somebody else. So even if you were lucky enough to get in and have a chance at buying tickets, it's really hard to actually grab the tickets you want. This actually happened to me very recently on Ticketmaster, the Cleveland Browns, Buffalo Bills football game. It ended up getting canceled in, uh, well, at least in Buffalo, right. there's a major blizzard. And so they rescheduled the game to take place in Detroit at Ford Field. And so ticket holders to the game in Buffalo got a refund and they released 50,000 tickets in a pre-sale to the new game that would take place in Detroit. And you tried to get tickets to that Detroit game. I, I did. And, and I did manage to get two tickets for my son and I to attend that game. Huh. But in trying to get my own seats, I probably attempted to purchase tickets at least 20 times, <laughs> which each time, you know, after I've chosen the two specific seats I want, I'd then be told that the tickets were no longer available. It was so frustrating. Oh, yeah. That's that's where the MBS card comes in, isn't it? Oh, for sure. Now, with that Taylor Swift tour, even people that were choosing best available, they were running into issues. So this isn't the only issue that exists, but it's a major one. 
Now, we heard rumblings of lawmakers looking into this whole fiasco. What is that about? Yes, well, that's an entirely different issue, but there certainly are anti-competition concerns at play. Reality is many of the major venues out there, they're owned by Live Nation, who in turn owns Ticketmaster. And many of those venues have exclusive agreements in place where you have to use Ticketmaster. So in this case, did Taylor Swift even have a choice? Well, it's hard to say, but probably not. I mean, many of the major stadiums where her tour's at, they likely had exclusive deals with Ticketmaster. So if you wanted to use a different option, you'd have to choose a different venue. But then that severely limits Taylor's options in terms of where the tour can actually take place. And this is where the antitrust issue comes into play. Exactly. Let's cut to this segment from NBC affiliate KARE11 to hear a bit more. The story of Ticketmaster and tech companies seems like a tale of two cities, but through Senator Amy Klobuchar's antitrust lens, they are one and the same. That story of Ticketmaster separate from the tech companies, that is a story of a monopoly gone wild. Klobuchar, long before Taylor Swift has worked to champion antitrust laws, she even wrote a book about this very thing. In 2010, Live Nation and Ticketmaster were allowed to merge. They, mm -hmm. The combined company now has 70% of ticket sales. So in truth, there's no other choice. And that's what's going on. There is a monopoly. Klobuchar penning a letter to the CEO of Live Nation saying that she has been, quote, skeptical of the combination of the two companies since they merged in 2011, and that at the Senate hearing for the merger, the CEO, Michael Rapino, expressed confidence in the plan, which she now calls misplaced. Taylor Swift herself addressed the issue this morning, calling the incident excruciating, saying that her team has asked Ticketmaster multiple times if they could handle this kind of demand and that they were assured that they could. Klobuchar says the monopoly has become even more streamlined over the years. They also have quickly and quietly bought so many venues and arenas, so it is a vertical integration. That's why we are pushing the Justice Department to look at this and to look back at that consent decree of which they have power over that consent decree. Will anything come of it? Uh, who knows, right? But some insiders are actually skeptical it will amount to any real change, but I don't know. It's always interesting to see what happens. Sometimes we could be surprised. Yeah, I guess we'll see. And I will weigh in with one more thing, which is to say that these platforms probably noticed that there hasn't really been that much innovation in the last 10 years. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, in some cases, maybe the UX has like changed a little bit, but the tech that exists today, it, it seems like the same stuff that was running a decade ago. Yeah, and I can only speak to my own experience, but in many cases, it's really hard to get buy-in to truly innovate at these companies precisely for the issues we've discussed. What do you mean? Well, let's just say Ticketmaster tried to completely rethink the entire approach to how tickets are purchased. And they used this new approach for a major on-sale and it blew up in their face. Where do you think the blame goes? Probably goes to that person who had that bright idea to rethink the system, the, that internal innovator, so to speak. Right. Yeah. What's that saying? Nobody ever got fired for buying IBM. It, it sort of applies here, right? Nobody ever gets fired for just sticking to what works, no matter how poorly it works. Yeah, I was going to say the problem is this current system doesn't necessarily work, right? <laughs> right. So whether it's that Taylor Swift pre-sale or the FIFA issues, more innovations absolutely needed. I mean, those platforms, they might be hesitant to go along with it, but it's the only way that things will actually change for the better. That and maybe breaking up that alleged monopoly that Ticketmaster and Live Nation have. Yeah, well, maybe that too.
Uh, anyway, that's going to wrap things up for today. Um, we will be back next week. All right. For Mike Balsito, I'm Michael Saka, and this is Rocketship.fm. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network, and if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. This episode was mixed and mastered by Court Deans. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.